lot of times we're asked, why coach them? Like, why would we invest in this platform? Why would we invest in you? There's a lot of different ways, analytical ways to answer that question. But when we, when we talk to business leaders, when we talk to board members, CEOs, sales leaders, and we say, what, what do you want to do? And they say, we want to, we want to hire the best. We want to develop them. We want to retain them. And we want to achieve our numbers. And, you know, all I can say is coach them if you want to grow them and coach them if you want to keep them. And I mean, I think that's, if I could boil it down to that, you know, I think it's, uh, it's been good advice for me over the years in different ways. I like the sound of it, I guess. Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I'm grateful to have Matt. Benelli. He's a co-founder of an amazing new program. It's a coaching program and it's called Coachem. Welcome to the show, Matt. Hey, Mark. Good to see you, man. Tell us what you're doing with your coaching platform. So Co- Coachem, right? Our, our new company is a coaching execution platform. What the hell does that mean? It's simply using the technology that's available, right? The tech, AI, machine learning, all that stuff that's you know, you know, chat GBT, all that stuff we're hearing about, it's using that technology to help managers be better coaches. And as a result of that, helping individuals be successful in their current role, that helps them achieve their personal and professional goals. That helps the team that they're on and that helps the company. And when I say the team, I mean, we're focusing right now with uh, sales organizations Although all the principles that we're talking about go, you know, cross all sectors, public and private sector. But you're focusing on not simply sales, but sales managers. That's right. The, the you know, phase one of coaching is to focus on the frontline manager. That position is the most underinvested position when it comes to training. In fact, uh, I think the numbers are like 9% of tr- the training budget is focused on frontline managers. And Mark, you may see this, right? Um, what happens? You do a great job and they say, wow, you did a great job. Congratulations, you're a manager. It's like a battlefield promotion. And we, we all want to be successful. We want our, our manager, our boss, the people around us to like us and, 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 think highly of us and recognize us for what we're doing. So when they say, great, we want you to be a manager, the inst- instinctively we like, okay. And then we realize we don't know what the hell to do. We don't know what we're talking about. And uh, I say we, I mean, I've been in that position. But so, so yes, the, the quest is, the, the, the mission, the vision, the purpose is to help managers do a better job of coaching and developing their people. The void, the void of the frontline managers. I can see it in every organization. Hip, hip, hooray, here's a piece of glass. Hip, hip, hooray, you're the top producer. Hip, hip, hooray. Now show everybody else how to do it. 
what? I don't even know how I do it sometimes. Right. And and that's actually a great interview question. So, you know, Mark, when you're in this role as a manager, how are you going to impart these skills? You know, pick one. And my experience and, you know, I don't want to break my arm patting myself on the back, but because I made all the mistakes. But I mean, I've hired thousands of people, you know, whether it's a frontline salesperson and sales manager, VP, et cetera. And most people will say, huh, I don't know, like. I just kind of do it. I just kind of get it done. And so it's the ability to achieve success through others versus do it yourself. I mean, that's, I think, the hallmark of a great coach and a great manager. But, 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 but what we see is a newer manager, if he or she's less experienced, less confident, right? Perhaps lacking the self awareness that you just talked about, and something needs to be done. What do they do? They, don't coach the, their employee to get through that so that they learn from it and come out on the other side better off. What they do oftentimes is they tell them, this is what you need to do. Mm. Or even worse, Mark, step aside. Let me do it right, with the superhero cape on. Right. Right. That doesn't help anybody but the sales manager's ego. Uh, right. That's, it's a short term fix, right? It helps the ego in the short term. It might solve the problem in the short term. And it might. Sale. Yeah. Well, well right. Um, you know, so what's the saying? Six, sometimes success is a poor teacher, right? Because you're the, the result. You might get the desired result, but it's just going to create problems down the road. It creates an organization of learned helplessness. And uh, it creates a bottleneck with that manager. It creates a culture where people are afraid to do things for themselves. Therefore, they don't grow. And then what happens when good people are in that type of environment? They leave. They leave. They leave. Huge problem. That's one of the problems that we're trying to solve with coaching. Didn't start off that way, but that's kind of where we're seeing the value of the platform. Let me ask you this. Is it possible to be a producing manager effectively? Is it possible? Sure. Sure. I mean, it, it would take a very special person and a very special situation. And so, of course, it's possible. Uh, however, it's uh, the probability of failing in that type of role. The evidence suggests that that's far more probable and likely to happen so the salesperson says i'm doing really well at originating new business getting the order managing my relationships how can you possibly compensate me for leaving my book behind like is there a model that it works i i would say there there is a model that it works however if you're only focused on, you know, if you're coin operated and you're only focused on how do I maximize uh, the dollars and cents, how do I maximize my compensation plan and make the most money possible, which is fine, by the way, which is fine, then management, coaching, leadership may not be the track you want to take. The, at least this is my opinion in Matt's world, Mark, um, the best sales rep, you know, I'm talking about my world in sales. But the best sales rep will make more money in a given fiscal year than 
than their manager. Uh, and you know, think about you. I know you're a big sports guy. Um, you know, think about think about any player on on the ice last night for the the Bruins, right? Um, when you think about um, you know what they do versus what the coach does with baseball, same thing. I think that makes sense, but that's not what we're talking about. I mean, that's not our focus. Um, our focus is for the manager to help coach and develop their employees to achieving success in their current role which helps them, the individual, the team, the company, but then also prepare them for their next role. And those two things combined is a, is a, is a powerful uh, duo, right? How do I, if I'm your manager, how do I make you and help you be the best version of yourself in this role? And then also through conversation, through one-on-one, how do I help understand where you may want to go, what your goals are short-term, medium-term, long-term, and then know that every day when you come in to work, when you know when we talk, that I got your back, that I'm going to help you get there, that when you're ready for that next role, whether wherever it is, whether it's in the, you know, the, that company or it might be in another company, it might be in a totally different industry, that you as the employee know that I'm going to be the first person to pick up the phone and say, you know, this, you know, you're the right person for this job. You've worked for me and I can give you all the reasons why. And, you know, how, how, how uh, inspiring would that be to the employee? And by the way, how inspiring would that be to all of the other people coming up in, in that organization? And what would that do for the culture of that team? Would that be a culture that people want to come work at? I think so. I think there'd be a line of people that would want to work for a manager like that in a company like that. The opposite is true when the manager tries to, you know, prevent you from taking that next role. And, and we've both seen many examples of that, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. And that's where I say that a true, authentic producing manager is a unicorn. I think so. I mean, like, let me ask, I mean, what do you, what do you think on that? Because by the way, uh, with the economic headwinds, companies are asked to do more with less. Yeah. Um, I, I know a, a lot of people that have been mentors to me that I look up to that diff, that have a difference of opinion with the way I'm looking at it. And they're like, no, manager's job, frontline manager's job, you know, make sure the deal closes, close the deals. So there's, there's two schools of thought, uh, you know, and there's always something in the middle, but, uh, it, you're, you're, you need a special person, I think, because you're you're talking about a very difficult job. Um, you, you know, you're talking about two very difficult jobs and you're asking one person to do both of them. That's tough. Which I think they're they're at odds with one another. Right. Because when at minimum, if you're not competing for a deal, the obvious, you're not competing for a deal with your uh, team member, but you're definitely competing for time. Right. So the person comes to you and is like, I got to close this $100,000 deal, but I've got this, you know, $400,000 deal sitting on my desk that I need to close. Like, I don't have time for you right now. Right. And um, who gets the best accounts? Do you give them to someone else? Do you keep them for yourself? Right. Um, when when someone needs time and you have to do something, who gets who gets your time? And if you think about it, coaching is about helping people become the best version of themselves. Um, it's about achieving success through others. Um, yes, it, it, it's tough to do both. 
It is, it is tough. And then it, and then take this rabbit hole a little deeper. What about the operations, right? The procurement of the deal, right? Who's going to get pushed to the front of the line? Manager. 100%. 100%. I mean, the, so the, let's, let's, let's move from the problems and tell us about the solution. So tell us about Coachem. What exactly could someone expect if they're to subscribe to Coachem? So uh, our our clients, uh, you know, first of all, are are those who are are like minded. I think one of the things, and you alluded to this in the beginning, uh, that person that you talked about that had you know thirty years of experience, and you'll take that person every time. That person, I'm not saying that they've achieved uh, Maslow's uh, you know self actualization, uh, but they they by then they know who they are, they know what makes them tick. They know what they like. They know what they don't like. They know where, where they get their energy. And, you know, so when we think about coaching and we think about our ideal client profile, when we think about our ideal buyer profile, it's, it's people who believe what we believe. It, it's people who fundamentally believe that coaching is important and that it's making, not having the time to coach is an excuse that where the we we need to help them understand that because if if you're not if you're a manager and you're not coaching your people no matter what industry you're in what are you doing what are you doing so um what we try to do is um operationalize and professionalize the interaction between the manager and the employee so uh for example something that Every almost every manager that we've worked with around the world over the past almost 10 years, nine years, when we said, what do you want to be better at, at in your job? I would say the vast majority say, I want to be a better coach. And when we say, well, okay, so what's getting in the way of that? Oh, I don't have time. And I get it. Like it's the frontline manager job, especially with our clients, mainly technology clients, uh, enterprise technology, B2B SaaS. That's where we play. But I would say frontline manager in any industry is an extremely difficult role. You got to come in from all sides, right? And so how do you manage that time? So the, I don't have time. I would say it, you know, at the core, it's an excuse, but the reality is how do the managers need help understanding how to better prioritize their time. So what, what our platform does is it helps um, take the prep work and the guesswork out of, let's say, a one-on-one -on -one meeting. And by the way, Mark, that's a best practice. Uh, if you're if you have an employee having a one-on-one -on -one meeting, where it, let's say it's sales, it's not about the deals. It's about how do you get better in your role? What, what are the skills that you, as the employee, want to get better at? That's going to help you achieve your personal and professional goals and achieve success in the role. How do I help you do that? You know, carving out minimally 30 minutes a week, ideally an hour a week to focus on skills development, setting goals, achieving goals. That's one thing that the platform really helps with. I love it. I love it. And, and for fact checking clarity, I wouldn't take a 30-year uh -oh. veteran, a 30-year veteran uh, any day of the week. What I was alluding to is I'll take wisdom over specific intellect, right? On the same topic, if we're talking about the same thing and we have 
specific intelligence versus experiential intelligence. I'm I'm taking that every day. Help me understand how you're coaching the coaches to coach their members of their team uh, to grow, to be more rounded and to be more appreciated and more um, marketable, if you will, right? Because you're you're trying to, at its core, build the best uh, all-star team possible. And if they go and fly, it's fly birdie. We, we cheer you. We cheer you on and stay in touch. How is that? How is that taught? So when the average person wakes up and goes to work every day, are they going to work for their reasons or their managers of the company's reasons? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's a whole depends, right? But there's also the, you know, person lying next to them in bed, their partner, and there's, you know, other people down the hallway. And there's a lot of reasons to get up and go to work. Okay, so l l let's go with that 100%. So, um, you know, I, I didn't maybe ask the best question, but um, our point of view is that, um, you know, each individual goes to work for their reasons, not the company's reasons. Got it. And the reasons that they're personal reasons, and it's the people next to them, and it's the people that they're responsible for for supporting. So, um, you know, if if I'm your manager and I'm taking the time to understand what you want to accomplish, what your goals are, you know, if you're successful in this role, let's say a sales role. What does that mean to you? What What are you going to be able to do um, with that success, with that money, with whatever it comes with? Like, what do you want? Because most people, most people don't want money. Like money's always important. But as Daniel Pink said in his book, Drive, it's only a way a to keep scoring. But what people really want is just they want it to be fair. But really what they want when they come to work is they want autonomy, they want mastery, they want purpose. And if the manager is helping that person, that employee, um, understand what their goals are and then helping to get them out of their comfort zone and take the steps to help them achieve those goals, then it, it's not hard to see how that not only impacts that employee, but it helps the manager, it helps the team, and it helps the company. So. The saying, I can't remember who it was. I want to say it's Simon Sinek, but I may be wrong. People don't care what you know until they know that you care mm. about them. And so oftentimes managers, especially new managers who are afraid of getting exposed, right? Uh, who are afraid of getting, you know, uh, you know, sold out or what's saying, I, you know, uh, I don't, I, I don't want to be identified here. Um, you know, they put on this face they they try to be something that they're not so they're not their authentic self and um what, what the way that often comes off is hey it's about me the manager it's a you know it's about me making my number right and in sales really perhaps a better approach is um how can i help you be successful how can i help every employee on this team be successful and as a result as a consequence of that I'll be successful, the team will be successful, et cetera, et cetera. You started to skirt around um, vulnerability. 
is that part of the curriculum with managers is to be vulnerable with their teammates? Um, I want to think this through. So I, I don't know. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a consequence of that. Um, is it a specific, it's not a specific part of the technology or the platform. What it is a part of is the, the, the onboarding program. Got so, uh, when you know uh, coach them clients go through a series uh, of of uh, ten different workshops over a period of time, right? Core workshops, and Mark, think of it like, what do I do when this happens? What do I do when I prescribe an action to an employee that I'm going to check up on in our next one on one, and that employee says, "Oh, you know, Mark, the dog ate my homework." Yeah. Oh, and by the way, you've been working with side by side with this person, let's say for a couple of years. Now you got promoted to their manager. Mm -hmm. And then they say, hey, buddy, uh, you know, I just had a tough night last night. Couldn't get it done. What do you say to that person who you know personally um, and professionally, but now you're responsible for as their leader? How do you handle that situation? How do you handle, how do you get people to want to do things that they initially might not see in their best interest, right? And, and I think a lot of ways to do that is to show that you as a manager aren't perfect, that you've made mistakes as opposed to trying to come across as you're in this role because you are perfect, because right. we aren't. Like, who are you going to align with the most? So I guess indirectly, vulnerability is a way to build rapport and trust and bond with your employees. And what's more important than building rapport and trust? Right. 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 First step in Sandler sales training. It is. It is something near and dear to both of ours. Yeah. So. I see the book ask... back there, by the way. You can't teach a kid to ride a bike at a seminar. Yeah. And that's so, exactly. So. So. Uh, so um, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm sure you do know this because uh, our friend Eric does a fantastic job. Yes, he does. Eric Warner. Um, but you can't teach a kid to ride a bike at a seminar. That's basically saying you don't go to and learn everything in training and then you got it. Like you don't need any more training. Coaching is about how to make sure the skills stick, how the skills that you learned in training are actually applied. And that, you know, from, you know, whatever, Mark, like 2015, the beginning of 2015 to, uh, you know, October of last year, we were solely focused in the training um, in consulting space. We worked with salespeople and sales leaders at all levels all over the world. And we did training, um, you know, Sandler was a big part of that, um, you know, but what we saw was missing was the coaching, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the consistency to take the skills that were imparted in the training and to give the manager the ability to work with his or her people every single day, because that's where the magic happens. You hire, whether you have an internal trainer or an external trainer, it doesn't matter. That person is with your team 
a fraction of the time. The manager is with their person, their people every single day. And we saw that as a big, big, big missing link. And that's why we started coaching. That's really interesting. It's the sharpening of the saw. It's the journey, right? It's the it's the not going to the seminar, looking at all of the beautiful things you learn and putting it on the shelf to collect dust, to be gone and forgotten in six months. Don't let training get lost in the classroom. It's the manager's job. I mean, and that's why the manager has the most difficult job, because what is the frontline manager responsible for? They're, make, they're responsible for making sure the training isn't left in the classroom and all the money and time, you know, all the that 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 company invested. Um, you know, is put to good use and that they're getting an ROI on that. They're right. also responsible for making sure that every piece of technology that the company invests in is properly adopted and utilized by the employee. They're responsible for making sure that um, they have all the, that they do the hiring, the developing, they re the retention, the interviewing, like everything falls on the shoulders of that frontline manager. And that's why the, the job's so difficult. Coachum gives them a process to be able to operate under to be uh, to to be as productive as possible and to help as many people as possible. So let me ask you this: So 2015, it kind of was that aha moment, and you start building towards it, and then COVID happens. Is it more challenging to be a sales manager post COVID, or now that the dust is settling and everyone's kind of getting used to the the new normal, for lack of a better term? Has it become easier because of the simplicity of taking commuting out of the equation? It's undoubtedly become more difficult, a hundred percent. What was the most difficult job in the in a in the company, the companies that we work with, the frontline sales manager? I mean, I remember saying that and that being said to me in in two thousand. I mean, this this is when everything was going great. This was before the the dot-com bubble burst. It was the most difficult job back then. Uh, and But uh, COVID, um, quiet quitting, mm. minimum Mondays, um, the economic headwinds, all of these things, uh, you know, doing more with less, all of these things have made the manager's job even ex exponentially more difficult. I mean, think about it this way. The uh, manager to employee or employee to manager ratio when I was uh, start building and leading teams at Oracle was about we factored in eight to one right so you know eight to one at a high level so which meant that frontline managers actually had you know six five six direct reports and then you factor in the different levels of manager and you know you come up with about eight to one um, this whole do more with less right now or you you hear about all the job cuts. Well, what does that mean? That means a manager has more direct reports. So uh, we, we had a conversation about this with somebody this morning, the, the impact of an increased span of control. If you're a struggle, if you're a manager who's struggling to operationalize the business and, and, and individually and personalize the coaching of the individuals, is it more difficult to do that with 12 people that report to you or more? Or is it more difficult when it's six people? And the answer, obviously, is it's more difficult as the span of control increases. And the fact that you're, you you can't just walk over to somebody in the office or the cube, the huddle room or whatever, and, and, and hey, 
hey, let's talk about it. It seems like you're having a difficult day. Do you want to talk through it? Like that, that's removed in a big way uh, with remote work. Right. And that that 100% makes managers' jobs difficult. And they tell me that almost on a daily basis. That's a huge problem. Because the human becomes a spreadsheet instead of a human. It, it's more it's more common for that to happen. It's easier for that to happen. Mm. And that doesn't feel good as the salesperson. No, especially if you don't know any better. So I, I tell the story, um, um, you know, I, I say, you know, I, a story about a, a guy named Max and Max is a guy, a fictitious name, but Max is a guy, a, a young man that I know who graduated college uh, was it, you know, working at a, he was working at a company for about six months when I spoke with him. And this was in the early stages, uh, earlier this year when we were starting coach him. So I was having all these types of conversations with individual contributors. And Max told me the story about how he, um, he was in a sales development role. Like, so an entry level sales role at a, at a company, technology, P2B SaaS company. And he was told that he was doing all the right things. In fact, in terms of his activity, the things that he could control, he was at the top of the leaderboard. So everything that they required him to do and expected of him that he could control, he did it. So he, you know, was the, you know, came in early, left late. He made all his calls. He researched his clients. He sent out his emails. Um, he, you know, researched the social media. He prepared for the meetings, all those things. He did. He went to the training classes, but he wasn't getting the results. Results-wise, in terms of finding the leads, setting up the meetings, he was at or near the bottom. But every every uh, time he met with his manager, which was inconsistent, one-on-ones were canceled. Oh, hey Max, I got a big deal. I got to we got to cancel this meeting. Or hey, uh, I got a client call. I got to reschedule. Or hey, the boss is here. I got to push out our meeting. What does that say? to uh, a young professional just entering into the workforce. And then at the, here's the thing, at the end of just about every meeting, the manager said, so Max, how can I help you? And Max said to me, he's like, my manager means well, it's a good person, but I don't know what help I need. Right. I just know that I'm killing myself here and I don't feel successful. Imagine what that's like not to feel successful, right? Everybody's been there. Mm-hmm. And and so, so what does that mean? So what was Max doing? Six months into it, Max is like, this career is not right for me. I should start to look around. Mm-hmm. My buddy seems happy doing this or that. Now, this would be a huge loss to Max to make a rash emotional decision like that. And it's also a huge loss to the company who's spending the time to recruit someone who's, I know this person, extremely talented. Any company would be happy to have them. But like all of a sudden, it's like, I got to get out of here. And that's not the manager's intention. So, um, you know, I think, you know, that and it's it's amplified by remote work. That makes sense. It does. It does. So let's. Let's say somebody onboards, uh, commits, 
and takes on the coaching for what what would you say a year before it actually starts to stick yeah i think you know you'll start to see if you're looking at in terms of the change in the behavior you'll start to see that um within a few weeks yeah you know you can start to measure that right away in terms of the results it's like anything it, it's that that's going to take a, a few months but certainly you know, I'd say, yeah, I mean, uh, about a, usually at, at a year level, that's when people look back and say, yeah, I learned a lot, but you got to stick through it the whole way. So let's say somebody is celebrating their one year anniversary of working with Coachum. They say, you know what, they've, they've helped me immensely. I'm going to go online. I'm going to go and give them a Google review or a Facebook review or a testimonial for TechStart or what have you. What does that review testimonial sound like? Uh, coach him opened up my eyes to what's really possible and what's really important. And they got me to think about uh, less about myself and, and my success, but how to achieve success through others. Coach him helps me um, manage my, my team, lead my people, grow my business. And while doing so build the culture where people want to come and work every day. Ooh, love it. Love that. All right. Question that we ask everybody. You're prepared. You're ready. I don't know. What? We're all together here. And uh, Matt Benelli, you're next on the mic. What are you singing? Woo. Next on the mic. I, I love the mic, Mark. I love yes, the mic. Yes, but this is karaoke, right. my brother. All right. I'm showing much flex when it's time to rock the mic. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Um. I'm going to give you a couple different answers real quick. So uh, the song that I, I love, I have the most fun with, and it, it has a personal meaning to me, is uh, Crazy by Niles Barkley. Um, so you've done this before. Uh, I have. Not good. well. Not well. No, uh, good singing ruins good karaoke is my, okay. my life. So, so the problem is you need some pipes to pull that off and, and yeah. you know, not, not get like booed off the stage. But uh, No you one's know, booing. We're all in it together. But, it's that abundance yeah. in karaoke. Um, but uh, but yeah, so 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 that one. If I have to try to sound good, it's "Bad to the Bone" by George Thorogood like because it. he didn't he didn't really have a good voice. <laughs> you can, you can, like it. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, Crowd loves yeah, that like too. on the stage with like with everyone like you know cheering. It's uh, it's Queen. It's "We Will Rock You" going into uh, "We Are the Champions." I love it. I love it. Karaoke freak. We're getting out there. I can't wait. Now the most important question of them all, Matt. How would someone reach out and find out more about Coachum? So uh, if you want to reach out to me, it's Matt, M-A-T-T, at Coachum, C-O-A-C-H-E-M, dot I-O. Um, that's, our, that's my email address. Uh, www.coachum.io is our website. And uh, you, know, you can email me or you can go on our website. And uh, if you, even if you are interested in this topic of coaching, and say, you know, hey, we're not uh, the type of company that would invest in that. And you just want to talk about coaching. Um, I'm always looking for kindred spirits to have the conversation. So don't, don't hesitate to reach out. I love it. So on the website at coachem.io, I assume you can book a schedule appointment or demo or connect with somebody. Yep. Uh, multiple different ways to connect. Cool. Matt, truly grateful. 
Thank you for coming here and sharing your time and sharing coachem.io for all of those people who are listening to this. I'm sure it can only help. So thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. Folks, this has been another exciting episode of Elements of Styles. If you learn something, if you think about somebody, share it with them. Share it with everyone. Have a great week, everybody. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.